It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sforpros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. I'm talking to you on Sunday night, following the Green Bay Packers 47-25 to loss to the Titans, and Green Bay has lost three in a row. And this sucker was over early. First quarter, 21 to nothing. By halftime, 35 to 16. The Titans, 351 yards of offense in the first half alone. And by that point, the game was over. The Packers finished with three turnovers, and really nothing at all went right. You know, injuries, performance, you name it, it went wrong. And to talk it over, my colleague from Packer Report, Keith Rorink. Well, Keith, um, it, was that game as bad as you feel? As you said, you said you're battling a cold. I, it was. It was worse than I feel. It, it made me feel worse. I'm sure if you if you weren't feeling ill before the game started, you were by the end of it. It just. Uh, I mean, my gosh, down 21 to nothing, and just really just again falling apart in every phase of the game. You know, again another auspicious start. You know, last week it was it was the opening kickoff run back for a touchdown against the Colts. This week, it's, you know, DeMarco Murray ripping off a 75-yard run on the Titans' first play. So, you know, and it only went downhill from there. I don't know if it's if this team has just reached a saturation point with injuries, but, I mean, you know, outside of Devontae Adams, very few things went right for this team today. Nobody wants to use injuries as an excuse, and we're not going to do it here either, but it probably should be pointed out that of their 22 preferred starters, nine on the sideline. And that's, in, that's, in, that's if you count J.C. Treader at center. And maybe you can skip that one because maybe he wouldn't have started if Lindsey was healthy. So it's at least eight. It's hard to play with eight starters or nine out of the lineup. Again, it's, it's not an excuse, but that's a lot of really good football players not playing. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's an excuse so much as an explanation. I mean, you got 11 guys on each side of the ball, though, and, and they've got, you know, like you said, nine or, or at least, depending on how you look at the center situation, eight guys that are out. It, you know, I mean, it's it's going to get old, and it's not going to make anybody feel any better, especially as more guys drop like flies. But starters start for a reason, and it's, it, it sounds great to say, you know, next man up, and we don't expect any drop-off. But starters start for a reason. They're better than the guy behind it. 
if you get too many backups in the game, then it starts to resemble a preseason game. So, I don't know. It just, you know, it was, man, it, it was hard to watch. And again, every phase of the game, you have a lethargic offense that where Aaron Rodgers is getting sacked and fumbling. You have a defense that I honestly thought was pretty good. And even last week, you know, Baja Clinton Dix had, a, had himself a great game, and it didn't seem like anybody else showed up. And this week, well, you know, it, it was official that everybody had the day off. And then, and then again, on special teams, you have a missed extra point. Not that that really mattered at the end of the game, but you've got Trevor Davis at a point where, you know, was it was it thirty five to twenty two at that point, Bill, when when Davis fumbled or um, right before? Yeah, I think that was twenty twenty one to seven. I think it was twenty one to seven when he muffed the punt, and then yeah, gave him, gave him the ball at the twelve yard line. It was twenty to seven, just like that. So yeah, at that point they had scored, and they get a stop. So you think, well, maybe he got a shot to turn the tide here, and then bam. Yeah, and and again, you know, you're watching the game, and with all that time on the clock, and knowing what we've seen this offense do. I mean, the the offense certainly isn't. It's, it's not. It's not what we thought it was, but we still see. We we've still seen it enough times. We've we've seen them move down the field. We've seen them work with a you know a sense of urgency that seems to escape them at other points of the game. So with that much time left, you're thinking, well, okay, sure, you know, if they're down by 21. Okay, now they're down by 14. But you know, again, every time they close the gap, it was just, I mean, it was you know, first it's Murray, then it's Murray throwing a touchdown pass, then it's Delaney Walker burning him, then it's you know the ageless Anthony Fasano. <laughs> <laughs> doing, doing a, you know, doing a nice sell job on a little block, and then just sliding all the way across the field and catching one before before Clinton Dix can get over there. So, I mean, my God! And then the Packers come back and score, and then they get a deep one to Rashard Matthews, you know, ahead of uh, I think it was Micah Hyde that time. But yeah, I just I don't I don't know where you go with this team, Bill. I'm gonna have one more injury note, then we can move on. In four games without Clay Matthews, they've allowed 34.5 points per game. That ain't good. <laughs> that's, that's awful. And, and I, I saw that in your, uh, in, uh, you know, I, what, I, what I just called before we, we kicked this off, your depressing by the numbers column. But uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And I guess that speaks to Matthews' impact on the game. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't fix anything. But, my gosh, they need somebody in there. I mean, if you want to start looking ahead to the draft, I mean, you could do a lot worse than thinking this team needs another pass rusher because, again, it's not the same defense without him in the lineup, clearly. Yeah, we we got a long time to talk about the draft. and I'm, I'm, I'm fearful we'll be talking draft a lot sooner than we all thought. But if you want if you want to talk draft for a second, I mean, you got you just talked outside linebacker. You need a running back. You need a receiver. You need a cornerback. My God, that move! I just spent four four first round picks. I don't know how we're. Gonna, I don't know how we're doing that. <laughs> well, and one one interception by a cornerback this season, though. I mean, this used to be, you know, the the ball hawking cornerbacks were a, a hallmark of this defense, and they simply can't do it anymore. And I don't know. I mean, they, you know, maybe I was drinking the Kool Aid too, thinking that well, Demarius Randall's been out, but really thinking that. You know, Quentin Rollins and Darius Gunter and Dimitri Goodson and, you know, some of these other, you know, young guys were, were again, really just these, you know, these, these feathers in the cap for Ted Thompson's personnel department again. And 
but when they've been put on the spot, they really haven't performed. I mean, when they when they drafted Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins, and I know you and I had this conversation, Bill, I felt like Rollins might have been the better corner, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even after after their respective rookie seasons, I still wasn't convinced that Rollins wasn't the better guy. But man, he didn't have a good game today. I mean, you know, biting biting hard on some play fakes. And I'll tell you what, even he probably would not have got Demarco Murray out at the one yard line. I was just going to ask you that. It looked like he quit. Uh, I, it did. Like, you know, that, I'll tell you that that ticked me off a lot. And I mean, it's early in the game, and you see Murray. And Clinton Dix was given, I believe it was Clinton Dix that was getting pretty good chase from straight behind, but he's not a burner. And DeMarco Murray clearly pulls up as he's coming up to the five-yard line, as does Rollins coming in from Murray's right. Run full speed. Knock a guy out at the one. Maybe they fumble. Maybe there's a sack. Maybe you simply, you know, step up and, and stuff him. We've seen this happen before, but, yeah, I was... I was I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, I was extremely disappointed to see that. And, you know, he didn't have a good day, and I think it started right there. But you you look at these corners, and, again, they're just they're not what we thought. No, again, I wasn't going to use injuries again, but, again, no Sam Shields, no Demarius Randall. I mean, those are your, your one and two guys. Again, and I, you know, I, on Tuesday, I just ripped Ted Thompson I, I understand not going into free agency, you know, during you know the spring free agent period, and I, and I understand that why why you don't do knee jerk reaction signings, but how, you can't play defense without cornerbacks. And Ted Thompson's not bringing in corner again. I realize that you know the, there's the guys who are available are available for a reason, but they have to be better than Dimitri Goodson and these guys are out there. I mean, Thompson's from that way. Ted Thompson's killed this team. But not bringing in a corner and you know leaving the team without a running back for three weeks—it's just I, and I've been a big Thompson proponent for obvious reasons. They've won a lot of football games with the guy, but I mean he's just killed Dom Caper's scheme because you can't blitz if you can't cover, and they can't cover anybody. Yeah, I mean you you, you couldn't have said it better. And I can remember early in the year when Sam Shields got hurt, and I had somebody ask me if the Packers were going to go out and uh, you know try to trade for a corner or sign somebody, and I could not have laughed it off more or been more dismissive. Um, I really short-sold how serious Sam Shields being out was. And, you know, I think more so than Lacey, more so than anyone else, not having Shields on on that defense and and the trickle-down effect of having to elevate those corners is just, it's absolutely killed this team. And again, it's, you know, I think it's Thompson's stubbornness and maybe initially, you know, I was I was with him where, you know, yeah, you're not you're not gonna go out and, you know, sign some old guy off the street that hasn't been in this defense and, you know, they they clearly have faith in their draft and they have faith in their young guys and, and Bill, you and I both love Joe Witt developing these guys, but how many games do you need to see before you're like, you know what? Let's let's get a, you know, Rogers Cromartie in here, you know, what's what's he doing these days? You know, he's sitting around around watching these games like anyone else. So, you know, I think he's probably the, the best name of the, the guys that are still out there. But I think they're at a point where why not kick the tires on them? You know, if, if they were going to make that move with Val Davis and cut the court on him, I mean, my God, sign a corner off the street and, you know, see if a guy can catch lightning in a bottle for a couple months. Yeah, it's it's mystifying. And I, I guess I didn't... I mean, we, I mean, we're not obviously we're not doctors. We didn't we didn't know the situation situation with Shields, but I mean, 
Hindsight being 2020, sure, but I mean, do you, do you know at that point that Sam Shields is basically going to miss the year? I guess, I guess you don't know that, but maybe maybe they had an inkling at the time. I guess maybe we'll never know. But yeah. they have – it's it's you know, Ladarius Hunter has played some good football, but he shouldn't be covering number one receivers. And he, I thought he played well today. I mean, you didn't really see him out yeah. there. But, I mean, Rollins was terrible. And, you know, Dimitri Goodson, I mean, is he even on the team otherwise? It's just – yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, Goodson, Goodson just—he looks like he's in over his head. I mean, he was a guy, you know, they really loved his athleticism, and he had that, that basketball background like Rollins. But I mean, it—it's it, not happening, and it, it wasn't happening last week with Goodson. I think he looked even worse this week. And Rollins, you know, again, we have the play where it looked like he pulled up, coming across to the Murray touchdown. There was the other play. I was it the the Walker touchdown where he kind of. He kind of bit a little bit and then couldn't recover, and then you know, then he's you know trying to dive and knock the ball away and missing. He had a couple, you know, missed tackles where guys picked up big yardage, and it, it was just it was an awful game for him. Again, that country looked okay, but you know they they need they need something you know other than uh, you know Burnett getting that sack. I mean, you're hard pressed to think of a defense. I was thinking of that earlier. I was like, what is, is there a defensive highlight that springs to mind other than? We're not getting that sack. I, I couldn't think of anything. No, good point. Um, well, the defense thinks, but at least they got a great. Oh, they don't have a great offense. <laughs> My mistake. Nice. nice. You know, speaking of the pass defense, I'm, I was I'm stalling here. I'm calling up the stats. They didn't break up a single pass. It felt like that watching it. Zero. That's not. That's. Wow. It was twenty-eight to seven before Mariota threw an incomplete pass. I got nothing else for you. Mariota looked like an all-pro against that defense, and you know that's the scary part. And this isn't a bad Titans team. No, it's not. But you would have thought the Packers might have had a little, you know, a little desperation, a little something to prove again after last week's embarrassment against the Colts. And it, I'm I'm getting a little tired of McCarthy telling us what a what a great week of practice they had, and and how much faith he has in this team, and. You know, maybe maybe he needs to have a, a little bit of a come to Jesus with him, where he's like, "You guys aren't as good as I thought you were. You're not as good as you thought you were. Do you, you know? Do you hear the boos? Do you, can you can you read the standings? You guys need to go better. Do better. I mean, I I feel like they need, maybe they just need to be challenged. You know, could, you know have their manhood challenged a little bit in a, in a more overt way. But maybe maybe telling them how much faith he has in them and how good they really are. Not really making it happen. I want to correct myself. Uh, Gunter and Bryce had pass breakup, so my, my bad there. You know, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what McCarthy's doing behind closed doors, and that's kind of what I always tell people. Just because this is what he's telling us doesn't mean it's a message for the team. But you know, oh. maybe, maybe it is time to call out people publicly. I, I, I don't know, but this is it's a mess. Um, let's switch gears to the offense here, Keith. I'm going to make you the offensive coordinator here. What what direction are you going to go? Are you going to try to be balanced with Starks and Montgomery? Are you going to say screw it and throw the ball? What, what do you think is the is the way to go here? I was mildly encouraged by James Starks in his first game back. I mean this this is the first semblance of, of an actual true running game. I thought he had I thought he had good vision on some plays. He handled the ball well. I think he was seeing the field well. Um, you know, wasn't a 
was there anything to uh, to get too excited about? But I think in his first game back, he looked pretty good. I think you need to keep going with him in, in hopes of having some kind of balance. But the other thing is, Jordy Nelson, Jordy, and, and that's and here's here's the thing about Jordy Nelson. He's not 2014 Jordy Nelson. Nope. He's not scared. He's not scaring anybody deep. I don't know if that guy is ever coming back. I mean, he just he might not be. But that said. Jordy Nelson is starting to be a guy that gets open, and you're starting to see a little bit of that chemistry with Rodgers where at least Nelson is getting open and Rodgers knows where to look for him. And then the other guys, Devontae Adams looks like a, a just a bona fide stud. I think Devontae Adams is becoming the guy we thought he was going to be last year. I am extremely impressed with Devontae Adams. I love that when he was popping up, that he, you know, pounding his chest and having some fire and saying, hey, there's plenty of time left in this game. Let's do something. I mean, he looked phenomenal. So, I mean, obviously a career game by him with 156 yards, but you you need to... There's not a lot of guys on that team that you can say are legitimately hot. you got to keep going to him. So, I, if I'm, if I'm Edgar Bennett, I'm trying to get a little semblance of balance with James Starks, just enough that maybe I can fool people on a play action here and there. And I just... I keep going to Adams, and I guess I keep going to Nelson too. But I'm not going to Nelson deep. You know, it's funny. Um, Everybody deep. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Ryan Wood from the Press Gazette wrote a story saying, you know, they should just scrap the running game and just throw the ball. They ran the ball ten times. How much more can you scrap the running game than ten carries? It's just wow. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised with that storyline. Um, I'm with. You. I think you got to run the ball, and I just look at the Titans. When you know, the first play, Murray scores from seventy-five. So then, then their second touchdown drive, it's the 41-yard pass to Walker. That's off play action. The touchdown on that drive is the, the pass from uh, DeMarco Murray where you know, Maria Burnett comes flying up. So those are run game-based touchdowns. And the third touchdown is, again, it's play action on that one. And, and the fourth one, it's a run-heavy form, formation, and they throw the deep one to, to Matthews. I think that's why you have to run the ball because – if you can't run it, you can't run play action. If you can't run play action, you, it's really hard to make big plays. I think as much as you're tempted to say, just let Rodgers see if he can do it single-handedly, I just, I just don't think he can. I think if you, if you don't at least have the occasional threat of a run, then why are defenses going to do anything different than what the Titans spent most of the day doing, which is rushing three and dropping eight? I mean, you can't. I, I just, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like those numbers. You have, to have, you have to have some kind of run game, I think, Bill. And, and yeah, you know, what are the Titans called? Uh, they're exotic smash mouth. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'd say that's a fair description because you've got Murray pounding it in there. They've got Derrick Henry that they can roll out, you know. And then that's setting up Delaney Walker and it's setting up Matthews. And even the Murray touchdown pass, I'm sitting watching it with my sons. And as soon as, and I think the TV angle, certainly was probably easier to figure out than where the Packer defense was, but he starts rolling to his right, and I just lean forward my chair, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> my son's like, what? And I just start pointing at you, because you, you could see him kind of take that little stutter step after running about three or four yards to the right, and you're like, oh, jeez, here it comes. Sure enough, he passes it, but, you know, just kind of you know, doing that, doing that hard rollout with that ball tucked, Morgan Burnett cheats up a little, because he has to respect the run. Yeah, I'm with this. I, I, Starks did do pretty well. I mean, seven for thirty-three. Hey, there's a running game for you. Um, but you're right. I, I, 
I think for better or worse, they they gotta they gotta make it work with Starks and you know Starks and Montgomery try to get hell even twenty carries combined out of those guys and and I hope that Jared Cook can come back and give you something to, to uh, as a counter punch to for the Adams and Nelson thing you mentioned. But I, I guess it? We, we see the occasional we see we've seen occasional big runs from Aaron Ripkowski, and then we have a game where. He doesn't get the ball. Why is there not a package? Why is he not worked in more, too, when you have such a void in the running game? I mean, anybody that has any success running the ball should be given an opportunity to, to do more running the ball. So, I mean, you you know, now they've got Starks back. They've got Montgomery. They've got Rutkowski. I mean, clearly, you know, John Jackson wasn't doing anything. Um, but I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't know why they, they have to. To me, they have to get something going. Yeah, maybe, maybe the Rubkowski thing was just because they were so far behind. I, I suppose that's probably the thinking there. But you know, he was their third down back for a while too. So you know, protection right. purposes, I thought maybe, and he's caught the ball okay. So I, I that was a a little interesting. I thought too. And you know what? I understand when you're down twenty on the nothing, but it, I mean the game's not over at that point. I don't think you have to scrap the whole plan. So you know, I remember that Cowboys game a few years ago when when Matt Flynn was the quarterback and right. they were getting destroyed at halftime, and they came out and ran the ball a bunch. So I don't think he had to scrap everything, and maybe, maybe it would have been worth a look with Rupkowski and Starks in the backfield together. But I, yeah, I mean, he's played so well; he's he's worth snaps. He just not today, apparently. Yeah, and and you know, yeah, that yeah, I remember that Cowboys game too, and it, that's a great point. When you've got that much time, you don't have to. Every play doesn't have to be a pass when you've got that much time. I mean, again, you had there. There is we we know from watching the Packers in the past, we know from watching, there's value in making somebody think you might run the ball. It's that split second. It's when a safety cheats up. The Packers need to get, they need to give themselves those little opportunities, and that's what they're not getting. They sit back and they pass and they pass and they pass, and every defense just drops guys and tries to keep them in front of them because, again, they don't have a deep threat. Nope, no deep threat and no play-action game to just help make a deep threat. Um is there anything that you could think of that gives you optimism other than the NFC North just being downright awful? Look at the silent pause here as he tries to respond to that question. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I, I hate, I hate to say no. I want to, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. The NFC North is an absolute train wreck. I, I don't, I mean, I, you know, we can sit here and, uh, you know, talk about the Packers for, uh, Packer report. I don't know if uh, I don't know if the guys over at Viking Update are doing a post game podcast tonight, Bill. But that's not going any better. I mean, that's a team that started off five and zero, and they they don't even look like a shadow of themselves from the first part of the year. I don't I don't know what's going on there. Somebody has to win the division. I mean, you know, seven if seven and nine, they win this division. <laughs> God, isn't that awful? But at some point, these guys are going to have to win a game. So let's go through the quick schedule here. Next week at Washington. I mean, you almost think no chance, right? Not a good one. Not a good one. I mean, it it sounds it it sounds demoralizing to say, "Oh no, the Packers secondary has Kirk Cousins to right. deal with." But but that's exactly it. And I mean, you know, they're. They're running the ball, and then today it was Rob Kelly for him that had the good game. So nobody, nobody's easy. There's, there's nobody. I, I don't even think the Packers should be favored, favored against you know 
really anybody until they beat somebody. Yeah, the next schedule, it's at Washington, at Philadelphia, home for Houston, home for Seattle. Houston and Seattle lead their divisions, and their other home game is against Minnesota, and then they somehow lead this division. So they got their three home games are division leaders. So it's uh, it doesn't get any easier. And you know, frankly, you know, considering who they've lost to, they lost the Colts and the Titans from the god awful AFC South. You're right; they got to beat somebody before there's even any reason to even talk about this nonsense. Yeah, I mean, and again, guys are going to come back from injuries, and and it's. It's not, as I said, it's, I don't think it's an excuse so much as an explanation. It's harder to win when you have that many starters out of the lineup. The more guys that come back, the better their chances of beating some of these teams are going to be. There's talented. The difference between good or very good and great is the ability to do great things more consistently. This isn't, if you looked at parts of this game, if you looked at, you know, a drive here or a drive there, you know, plays here or plays there. You'd see Devonta Adams making a great play. You'd see Rodgers running in for a touchdown. They did some good things. I mean, they, you know, they you know, scored 25 points, but there, there were so many other things that went wrong. And, and defensively, this team has just, it's lost its identity. I, I didn't think the, the run defense was a mirage, even when they weren't stopping top-tier running backs, but to just fall so far off the face of the earth defensively is, is not something I saw coming. And again, with these, these young cornerbacks just failing to step up and, and with Matthews out of the lineup, I think, you know, we hoped that we were going to see, you know, Julius Peppers, you know, show that he had a, a little gas left in the tank. Haven't seen that really. Nick Perry didn't, didn't do much of anything today, but he's, he's been having a, a very strong season, I think overall, but you know, and, and a young guy like Collard back roll, aside from, you know, picking up a penalty, didn't do much of anything. There, there was no pass rush there. For the record, you know, the, I thought the run defense was good. If you, if you get rid of the long touchdown, which you can't get rid of, but they only averaged three yards to carry the rest of the game. So that's all right. So you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're if, right. If, you, if you have to give me the, the one optimism other than division sucking, I would say I still think the run defense is fine. Again, they all count, so I'm not just diminishing it, but, you know, three yards of carry is all right, so I think I think that's a starting point. And then you hope that Jared Cook comes back and Jared Cook becomes, you know, the Jermichael Finley circa 2010 for the, that four games when he was just tearing it up. I I think that's about all I got. I, I, Cook's, Cook was brought in to be a difference maker, and he's going to have to be. That's just you know, if, if he's not, it's hard to see this offense getting appreciably better. Um, it, you know, it does. It feels like what we talked about. I don't know, half dozen podcasts ago, where they're they're good enough to make you think that they could be good, but they they do it so inconsistently that they just they're not a very good team. It's just the and it's probably no different than any other team in the league, probably other than the top five or six teams where you're you're, you're just inconsistent and you're good at times and other times you're this I don't know it's at some point you are who you are I it's I don't I have a hard time seeing it getting any better than this the rest of the way maybe maybe they'll win the division by accident but you know I don't, I don't see any saviors I don't think Jared Cook's a savior I seems like a lost cause I hate to be so pessimistic and but seems like a whole, seems like a lost cause to me I, you know it does a little bit at this point um, 
I think you're I think you're you're crossing your fingers to to a large extent. I think you're you're trying to extrapolate out and say if this happens, if this happens, if Cook comes back and does this, if Starks becomes this, if Demarius Randall comes back and looks like he was at this point. There's a lot of things that have to come together, and even if that comes together, what you're you're hoping for eight or nine wins. I mean, it's you know the other thing going back to the offense is is Aaron Rodgers. How many times today did Aaron Rodgers simply hold the ball too long? I mean, he knows he's got a couple of guys in there that aren't his preferred starters on the offensive line. He knows he doesn't have a running game that's any kind of a threat. So, so what is he doing? He's sitting back there. He's looking downfield. Again, he's not getting that ball out of his hands quick enough. And as soon as he, as soon as he doesn't get the ball out in three seconds, then you know he's just going to hold it for, you know, three, four more and jump around and dance. And eventually, he's going to get hit. I mean, Brian Arakbo had, you know, what two sacks today, and I think he had six coming in. So, you know, he's been in the league a while. He's a savvy veteran. You know, he's licking his chops when he sees a couple. You know, new guys in there, you know, Spriggs or whoever. And Rodgers has to account for that. He has to he has to speed up that clock in his head. And, he, you know, he didn't help himself out today. That's a good point there. Um, after the game, uh, McCarthy said that he, he wasn't sure about T.J. Lang's injury other than it didn't sound good. So, I mean, you've got a chance of going forward here with with Don Barkley as one of your starting guards. I mean, Bakhtiari is a tough guy, so maybe he's back next week. I don't know, but... You're right about the time clock. If you're without T.J. Lang, who's probably was their best lineman last year, and oh, for sure. I agree. And if Bakhtiari's the best this year, then Lang is number. He's no worse than number two. Oh man, that is that is big trouble. So you're right. He's gonna have for all the problems in offense. Rodgers is gonna have to. <laughs> I mean, they're just screwed. It seems like. I mean, Rodgers is holding the ball because nobody's open, but now he can't hold the ball because of his line. It just it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So, but you're right. It's it's a great point you made there, that that the time clock is is a is an ongoing issue. Bill, all they have to do is run slants and crossing routes, right? How many, <laughs> how many times have we heard that? It is unbelievable. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I'd be rich. <laughs> like, well, we'll pass that along. Thank thank you. It's, uh, that's yeah, all they need to do. You know, it's one of those things that. It's become, I don't want to say urban legend, and I'm not saying McCarthy's scheme isn't to blame here, because I, you know, I'm sure there's, there's probably something he can do better here, but it's one of those things that's been, it's said by a, a couple, it's, it's like I came to be one person told, one person said it, and then another person said it, and then another person said it, and all of a sudden it's gospel. Well, seriously, people, you don't think it's occurred to the coaching staff, have you? <laughs> And if it did, like you know, like I wrote last week, if that was the cure to man-to-man coverage, then no team would run man-to-man coverage because the scheme would get trashed every single time it got tried. Right. So and I don't you know. Can, you can only you can only run that little pick play on the outside so many times too, and you know teams catch on to that pretty easily as well. You know, I think I think the hard slants work when you're down at the goal line and you just need a guy to take two hard steps and dive. And you're going to throw it two feet off the ground. He's going to, you know, catch it with his chest as he's falling down. Absolutely, that's hard to defend. You cannot make a living doing that. And again, when when there's no threat of a run, and all teams have to do is drop back and kind of muddle up the middle of the field, you're not going to get much of that. And I think that's where you've seen, you know, Randall Cobb kind of kind of fade into the shadows a little bit at times, where you know that's kind of his game is 
you know, just getting out of the flat or, or coming across, those routes aren't open anymore. They're not open because nobody has to check the run and nobody has to worry about anything deep. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that's true. I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm sorry to burst anyone's bubble out there. I mean, I get it on Twitter all the time. It's McCarthy's scheme. It's McCarthy's scheme. You know, maybe maybe it is to some extent, but, you know, I wrote this, and this is – I just think players make plays, and, and the team the team with the best players wins football games. And, you know, there's probably some – there's obviously some exceptions to that, but at the end of the day, you're, you, uh, if you got players, you win games, and if you don't, you don't. And I just think if you can't run the ball and you don't have corners to cover – you're you're probably destined to have this football team. I think so. It's uh, it's it's Jim's and Joe's more than X's and O's. As oh, I like that. You know, I think I think when you you, you got to have great play. You know, the team with the, the great players is going to win. When you have two teams with equal amounts of great players, I think the scheme and how you use those guys and how you maximize them works. But you you've got to have the players and. You know, again, I've I've been a huge proponent of Ted Thompson and what he's done in the draft. You know, I think we've we've both expressed our, uh, you know, frustration, annoyance, whatever you want to call it, that he just absolutely turns a turns an eye to free agency. You know, uh, Jared Cook aside, but you know, I, if you if you're going to finger point, I think you have to look at who McCarthy has been given to do these things with and. As players start going down, like I said, you know, earlier in the podcast, now I think there's just a saturation point where you can't you can't do much with the guys on the roster, and you know maybe we're seeing that some of these players that we were more impressed with or, or thought more of based on a, a small body of work, the more they play, the the less we feel about them. Yep, I think that about sums it up, Keith. It's uh. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really... Depressing, though. <laughs> I got nothing else for you. I mean, it really, this whole season boils down to the next two weeks. It's Washington, Philadelphia, and those are the teams Green Bay is battling for, for playoff positioning. It's, it's, it's do or die, sink or swim, cliche time stuff. It's, uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll be more upbeat uh, next week, Keith. Maybe. Maybe. Hey, can we, you know, maybe. I don't know. I there's a few there's a few players on this team that, that seem like they're they're guys you can count on every week. I think I think Devontae Adams is one of them. I man, I, I think they gotta just keep they gotta they gotta keep going strong to those two or three guys that are popping every single week. And they have to help guys come back and they have to hope they start getting better performances out of guys that have flashed here and there and again, where where does that even get you? I don't know. Maybe nine wins. Maybe. Maybe nine. Maybe nine does it this year. That's right. Well, you know what? I thought Green Bay would lose at Washington in last year's playoffs, and they pulled it out. So there you go. On that note, Keith, I will let you go. Thanks for joining the podcast, and uh, we'll uh, talk on next Sunday. Sounds good, Bill. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.